Tanya for the 15th of Tevis, but first the story. A, 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 not long after the wedding of Reb Shlomer of Slutsk, his wife lost her sanity. And she didn't say a single word, nothing. In, and there was, they tried whatever they could do, and there was nothing that worked, which meant that because she didn't have a sanity, he couldn't divorce her, according to, according to Torah law, which meant that she returned to her her parents' house, and her husband was was an igun, and uh, he wasn't able to get married to anyone. He was he was stuck in in the marriage, and she was s- stuck with insanity, and they didn't know what to do. And they tried to solve it. I'm 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 sure, but nothing they did made any difference. And mm-hmm. one at one point, the Boshemtov, after six years, the Boshemtov came to Slutsk, and the father of this of Shlomer, Went. He was a big. He was a big guy. He was a big, a big Talmud Chacham. He went to the Baal Shem Tov, and he, together with his, um, his Mukhutan, with the, the daughter's father, whose name was Rebelio Moshe, also a big Talmud Chacham, and they asked the Baal Shem Tov for a bracha and for advice, and the Baal Shem Tov told them that the deal is, he said, I'll bring her a bracha, I'll give her a bracha that she'll return to her sanity, but the, the, the condition is that when she heals, the couple need to get divorced. And the parents, they didn't want that in the slightest, and they they told the Hashem that they're willing to give a, a, a lot of money to tzedakah instead, but the, not the divorce. They want, to, they want the, her to come back to the sanity, they want the wedding to continue. But the Hashem told them that's, that's the deal. And so a few days later, they came back to the Bashemtov and they told the Bashemtov they agreed to these conditions. And um, they can't, they've, they've spoken to the, the, the husband, but the daughter, of course, is, hasn't spoken. She's, she's, she's insane. And so they, they can't get her consent. But they told him that they agreed to these terms. So the Bashemtov told them, if that's the case, go to your daughter and tell your daughter the Bashemtov is in Slutsk and, and, and she should come and see him. And they left the room entirely disheartened. They they assumed the Bashanta would do something, but talking to the daughter, that she hadn't been responsible or, or nothing. There, there was no one to talk to. And so Rib Shlomer, the actual husband who had been more familiar than his father-in-law and his father in regards to the Bashanta, insisted that the instructions be followed. But then they, the two of them, they they said, well, what, well, there's, there's nothing to say. That she's not. She, there's no one to talk to. So when Rabbi Leo Moshe came home, he started talking to his wife about the Balshamtev. He believed in the Balshamtev, and while he was talking, they noticed that the daughter was listening. And when they when he stopped talking in the miracle of the Balshamtev for the first time ever, she started telling her father she wants to hear more about the Balshamtev, and they were shocked. And meanwhile, she she like she started gathering her sanity, and she started getting ill. And at some point, she started crying, and she started begging her father to bring her to the Bashanta. And at that point, he remembered. Wait a second, the Bashanta had told me to tell her to go to the Bashanta, so they brought her to the Bashanta. And when they came to the Bashanta, the Bashanta reminded them the condition. The condition was that they need to get divorced if she wants to if she wants to have a, a, a healing. They, and he told them come back in four days. The next three days they fasted, and they said lots of tehillim. Mm-hmm. And finally they returned back to the Bashemtev, and they told the Bashemtev they're willing to do it. And the reason that the reason they're willing to do it is because they believe in, in the faith of a sadik and the and the blessing that he's going to give them. And because of that, they agree to the terms. In, and so the Bashemtev left the room for a while, and he came back and he said, six years ago there was a decree in heaven against this woman that she would lose her mind." 
And that this man would remain an ogun, he would remain unmarried for the rest of his life, stuck in this relationship for the rest of his life. But because they are willing to sacrifice everything just to have belief in a tzaddik, you don't have to, have, you don't have to get divorced. It's been changed. In heaven they say, you know what, the, you don't need to have a decree. This merit of belief in a tzaddik has changed everything. And the Washanta gave them blessings for sons and daughters and for long life, and that's the story. The chapter 10, we're beginning now finally to really, now that we laid the land of explaining the soul, explaining the, both souls, explaining the anatomy of the each and the, and the garments of the each and setting the stage of how the fight and the conquering of each soul respectively works and what they want, now we're going to explain how it works in different types of people. And we're going to start off with the arguably easiest or the hardest one to explain, and that is the tzaddik. So chapter Yud, 10th chapter, is going to be talking about the tzaddik. It's easy to remember 10, 10 garments of the soul which he has under control. That's chapter 10 is the topic. When a person causes his, his nephew, his godly soul to be victorious, and he wages a war so fiercely with his animalistic soul, until he actually banishes and rids the evil from the left side of his heart. Like David Amalek wrote about himself. Uh, 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 sorry, this is not after that yet. Um, and like it says in the actual Torah, I lost the place. Um, and and you you get rid of the evil from within inside yourself. But like uh, the, you get you get rid of the actual evil. It's not has no your king is in charge and the animalistic soul conquers the conquers the. The, the the soul the same time the, the it's it's not entirely fully converted into good this situation is called nikot tzadik shein it's called ingam b'tzadik b'tzadik v'raleh and a tzadik who knows evil to hainish yeshboi adayim at mizer rab b'chalas malay el shekafu vatal latay machaz miyotay v'lechein nidma loyki v'yagashay v'yayach loy kulo legamri I'll read a little more and explain. So the first scenario, I like to explain in the very first page of the Tanya that there's two types of righteous people, two types of tzaddikim. The first one is someone who has got rid of got rid of the evil. The king, the godly soul, rules the city entirely, absolutely exclusively. The only difference is there's a tiny bit of evil that still remains. Not even perceivable, the evil itself, and it is entirely subjugated in its minuteness to the actual um, to the actual goodness. And the only indication you have that there's some form of evil that still exists, because if it didn't exist, that little piece, that tiny, tiny fraction, would be converted to actual good. As we explained, with an actual, with, with a tzaddik, the evil is converted to good. And in this case, there's a touch of evil left. It doesn't get expressed itself because the king, the godly soul, fully conquered the city. But it still remains some shadow, vestige of a deep, deep da- down within. And the only way we know that is because that little piece hasn't turned to good. And we'll explain later on how you're actually able to see the indication of that. Or via Indian. To understand this, you need to understand. When we talk about a perfect tzaddik, and now we're just using general, we're going to get more specific about different levels of, of pure tzaddik, but let's talk right now about a tzaddik who only knows God. We're talking about a perfect tzaddik. 
What does this mean? He removes the filthy garments entirely from evil. There is nothing. He has despised his pleasures of this world. And that's going to be the operative word. Despises. Um, and all the pleasures that people have that have you know um, gratification in it for for him it's all the only gratification he has in this world is entirely dedicated towards God. Every all pleasure, even pleasures that are related to goodness, the tzaddik his only objective is godliness, and all pleasures is 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 it, it, it has no place for him. And anything that has any connection to um, evil, the complete tzaddik doesn't just not have anything to do with it. The important part is he hates it. He despises it. He he can't stand evil. The perfect tzaddik despises anything because his love for God is so exclusive for God. Everything else is is despicable to him. As we mentioned before, holiness and impurity, as we mentioned in chapter 6, holiness and impurity are entire perfect opposites to each other so his love of god is so complete and is so um um focused anything that's the exclusion of love of god exclusive love of god is despicable to him and like and this is what i meant before like david hamel says i hate them evil with a complete all-consuming hatred they have become like enemies, and they, and Dr. Malach says to Hashem, search me and know in my heart that this is really what I feel deep down in every single part of my heart. And commensurate to the greatness of the love of Hashem. So because the tzaddik, the perfect tzaddik's, Love for God is so absolutely perfect and is so extreme and so and so polarized. His hatred towards evil is commensurate to that. Like we say that that that, that disgust is the exact opposite of love, just like just like hate is the exact opposite of love. So the tzaddik, a perfect tzaddik who absolutely loves God, his hate towards evil is absolutely mm-hmm. extreme. That says Tanya, but now just circling back to the tzaddik that isn't perfect, the, what the, the like the the indicator to this, if there were if there was one to to be to to be found, would be the tzaddik who's complete, the perfect tzaddik, the highest order of a tzaddik would be someone who hates evil with an extreme passion. The tzaddik who is incomplete in his actual behavior, there's absolutely no way to know. Even in if he searches himself, he won't be able to know. The only indicator that he might possibly be able to find is his extreme hatred of evil won't be as in, as fierce, as an intense, and as polarized as the perfect tzaddik. The tzaddik that's imperfect, his behavior and everything else is, is absolutely perfect, but his extreme hatred for evil, it won't be as fierce as a perfect tzaddik. And of course, we're going to continue throughout chapter 10 explaining what is a tzaddik at both these levels and and what is the the special type of tzaddik that, that's exclusive you know throughout history we'll talk about that as well thank you so much for joining the tanya the tanya is 
and for success for all the Jews around the world, especially those in Eretz Yisrael, especially for the Jews who are defending the Jewish people. Thank you very much for joining. Have a wonderful day.